Welcome to the fifth edition of Cramps and Cinema on the Editorial Podcast. I'm Nikki. And this is Chris, and we are super excited to be bringing you an in-depth look at some PMS-worthy movies. So grab some ice cream, a heating pad, and some Advil, and join us for some movies and menstruation. This month, we're watching the 1998 Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore film, the one that started it all, The Wedding Singer. The year is 1985, and everyone is dressed in shoulder pads, big hair, and neon. Local famed wedding singer Robbie Hart gets stood up at his own wedding and loses all hope and love. That is, until a catering waitress trapped in a loveless engagement, Julia, reignites the spark in his heart. Robbie must then figure out a way to stop Julia's wedding and win her heart, all with the help of his pals and a little old lady named Rosie, and of course, Billy Idol. Nikki... This is one of my all-time favorite movies. Like, it's absolutely one of my favorites. Yeah, you've mentioned that, like, maybe once times. or ten times. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. yes. I mean, like, Fifty First Days <laughs> is, like, fine, but, like, this is where it starts. Right. Yes. And, it like, every part of this movie – well, I want to say, like, 95% of the movie is just, like, bang on – the costuming, the story, the casting, all of it. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let you lead the way on this because like I could go on for hours. So tell me, what were your first thoughts? What were your impressions? How did you feel watching it? Tell me everything. Okay. I find it kind of funny that we watched Fifty First Dates first. <laughs> and I don't know if it was just me and the way my brain synapses work Mm -hmm. but I started to have a full-blown I don't it's not a panic attack but just like I was I was seizuring in bed (laughs) while watching this because because we're gonna skip a little bit to the to the like near end of the movie just because I'm gonna forget this but did you not notice all the similar, like all the setups that were in this movie for Fifty First Dates? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's some you mentioned it when we were talking, and I didn't really think it went that far. But now, as you're as as you were speaking about it, it was like, oh my god, yeah, you're right. There's, I think there's like, I think he's like devised a formula, and he was like recreating it with like a different situation. In Fifty First Dates, yes. but like, let me hear, let me hear your your conspiracy theory brain at work. Yes, my fucking conspiracy brain. So <laughs> y'all better fucking take a seat, okay? <laughs> so for the, so for those who watched the movie and you should have, basically, we're gonna skip to the scene where where Robbie's at the bar and basically he's like talking, he's like waiting for Sammy to come in, and he's just like taking down shots. Yeah. He doesn't usually drink. And then he goes and he tells Sammy, you know what? I'm just going to start getting with a different girl every night and then send them packing. But, yeah. you know, I'll pay for the taxi ride because I'll feel guilty. But you realize <laughs> that that is literally that is literally the entire the entire movie beginning of Fifty First Dates. Yeah. It's right? a full inverse. Yeah. Because he does sleep with a different girl every day and sends them packing off of Hawaii and he doesn't <laughs> stay attached. Yeah. 
right? And then, okay, and then also his friend Sammy, who fucking looks like white Michael Jackson over here. Yes. He admits that he's lonely at the bar. And mm-hmm. then you have the polar opposite of Ula, who is married and has like, what, 500 kids Literally. in like 50 first dates. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, side note on Sammy, if anybody knows Charlie Puth, you know who Charlie Puth is, right? The singer? I think so. Maybe. Yes. Sure. Yeah. He looks like a fucking modern day Charlie Puth with a mustache. Y'all go on Google <laughs> and fucking just Google that because he looks like Charlie Puth. Okay. If Charlie Puth was in the 80s. Anyways, okay. Then you have the old white man at the bar who says, like, love sucks because women, wait, women suck because they pull your heart out of your ass. That is one of my favorite lines in that movie. I love it. He's hilarious. He's wonderful. He is hilarious, but equally as hilarious as the funny Asian man that was at the breakfast place in 51st Dates. Exactly. Yes. And then you realize that Julia only features a mom in this movie. Yes. But in 51st Dates, Lucy only has a dad. Only has a dad. Yes. And Robbie takes care of kids. Like, you know, babysits his sister's kids Mm -hmm. and, like, took care of that kid who drank at the first wedding and then that, like, sad kid at the bar mitzvah. And then... As Henry in Fifty First Dates, he takes care of animals. Yes, and Ula. We also then, <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, and then you have Alexa from Fifty First Dates. Yes, who you have also like that gender fluidity that that transgender kind of role mm-hmm. is also in George. Yes, in in this movie as the wedding singer, and I was like. I think this is a direct play on Boy George, but I wasn't sure. Yes. And then I didn't know because I don't know the I don't know the eighties music. I didn't know that the song that he was singing was from George Boy George's band. Culture Club. So I didn't know that. But I thought that was <laughs> fucking hilarious. Because she, because she sang the same song at the Bar Mitzvah. And I was like, This is golden. Yes. Cause I'm like, cause the, she was saying, like, oh, I gotta teach I got to teach her another song because she she started singing that song like three, four times at the first wedding. Yes. She didn't know any other song. It's so funny. I just love that she keeps singing it like it's done. And she's like, no, again. <laughs> no, again. Yeah. So it's like that was – you've got the two kind of similar characters there. Yeah. So that being said – I think that this movie had all the elements of your typical romantic comedy. Oh, and 100%. I never watched this one. I did, as I mentioned last time, I did watch 50 First Dates once, like, mm-hmm. eons ago. This is my first time watching The Wedding Singer. And the costumes were very well done. Oh, my God. It's the literally music was better in a this one. snapshot of the 80s. Like, the music... The references, the fashion, the sets, every single part of it is like peak 80s. It mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. hilarious how perfect it is. Yeah. And I had to do like after the movie, I had to click out and be like, when was this filmed? Because 
<laughs> like, this is from the 80s, but it wasn't. It's from 1998. And I was like, shit, I was already born. Yeah. Yeah. It's Anyways, so good. It is really good. Yeah. After watching it a million times, Chris, can you tell me <laughs> what what are some of your favorite scenes? Oh, man. I have a couple. There's, like, a couple iconic sort of moments. I think, like, when when Robbie – it gets left at the altar and then he goes into like the little like uh, like dressing area and like flips out he like tells himself it's gonna be okay and then just breaks everything (laughs) yes it's like such a peak adam sandler moment to have a freak out it's wonderful yes because it's very iconic his screams yes it's like it sounds forced and kind of fake enough so that it sounds real. Yes. And then he does it again when, like, Linda comes and sees him at the house after she stands oh, yeah. Him up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he's like, yes, again, news that would have been helpful yesterday. And, like, yes, loses it. And it's funny yeah, because yeah. you could see him, like, slowly bubbling. It's funny because this whole movie is pretty much, like, him just, like, on low and slow the entire bit until he explodes. Like there's so many like small little peaks of anger that comes up and he doesn't do anything for a long chunk of it until he can't deal with it anymore. Yes. I have to say going back to that wedding, can we just like admit how ill fitting that tux was on him? (laughs) It's like peak 80s though. I actually cringed. No, no, no. I like cringed. I was like, this is the most like slouchiest double-breasted like excuse of a tux I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I mean like a lot of the suits in the 80s that were like oversized, they were like very boxy, they were like kind of long. Like they weren't meant to do anything but like I think take up more space than your body did. It was like a defense mechanism. You know how like certain like animals have like their hair stands up? To make them look bigger. Oh, you mean like a puffer fish like explodes exactly. when it feels attacked? Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so like when you walked into Wall Street, you like looked bigger than you were because you had a suit that was like eight sizes too big for you. True. <laughs> Speaking of Wall Street, I honestly did not know how this movie was going to pan out because in the beginning, mm-hmm. you find out that Julia's engaged. Yes. Which to my surprise, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Robbie was engaged. I thought that he said that at the first wedding Mm -hmm. to kind of save the first wedding after that horrific best man speech. By Steve Buscemi. It's so funny. Yes. Yes. I I couldn't take my eyes off that incredibly ruffled shirt. Yes. Like that (laughs) – was it that – That blue jacket. (laughs) Blue ruffled shirt. The white tux. I – Anyways, I'm starting to have like a fucking seizure again. <laughs> I did I didn't know how it was going to pan out because mm-hmm. it seemed like it seemed like Glenn was a good guy and why I thought that was because that conversation where he's like, "Hey babe, like here's two tickets to Vegas. Like let's just go get married." And she goes, "Yeah, that's great. Okay. Yeah, okay." And then she and then Glenn goes, "Are you doing that thing that that females do where uh, you say that it's okay, but secretly deep down inside you're not okay. And she goes, nope. 
And he's like, okay, fine. Let's just have a wedding here then. And she goes, she gets super happy. And I'm like, okay, so he seems like a good mm-hmm. guy. Like he seems like a good guy. And then I was like, well, how is this going to fucking work? Because in yeah. this entire time, you realize that – I didn't realize this until after the movie, but Robbie gets the girl without telling her that yeah. Glenn cheats on her and that Glenn's an asshole. Right. I, I call it like the Stockholm Syndrome effect. They spend so much time together that they just like realize that it kind of works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they realize that they kind of need each other in their day-to-day lives. And like the whole time, Robbie's just like on the back end just trying to fix things. Like he tries to corner Glenn at the the restaurant when they when she, when he uh, Robbie goes out with Holly for that double date, dude, it wasn't a restaurant, man. It was a straight up club. It was a straight up club, yeah, where they're playing David Bowie. It was, yeah, yeah. When they do that, and then he corners him in the alley where Robbie takes a punch to the face. I have to say that was the shittiest comeback line from Glenn. Yes, right after he punches Rob- Robbie in the face. Yeah, we were oh, why don't you write, write a song, a song about, about it? it? <laughs> You know, and then you should call it, uh... I got hit in the face. Because I was, like, meddling in somebody's business or something like that. And I'm like, wait, that is legit pathetic. Yeah. He's a pathetic pathetic guy. And I love that we immediately know when when the flight attendant comes back that it's Glenn based on what was said because it was already established at the club. Like, we already know it's Glenn. Piece of ass. And I'm like, dude, this guy has clearly not seen Cardi B's ass. Wow. If you think that that waitress at the club <laughs> who had that mini skirt on had a fat ass with a PH, you don't know what is thick with a triple C, bro. Stop this. <laughs> Spelling lessons with Nikki, everyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> clearly, this man does not know taste because, like, there's there's way more bootylicious girls out there. Just saying. I- if I was to redo this movie, I'd recast that. I'd recast that waitress. Oh, I know you would. I know you would. But keep in mind, this is also the 80s. There was different beauty standards then. True. Yes. True, true. Because can we mention Glenn and his leopard print thong underwear oh, majiggy thingy? My God, with the black satin sheets, yeah, including the black satin pillowcases, which included a mirror in the fucking headboard yes. of that bed. I don't know if you noticed, yeah, but I was like, damn. Like, can you be any pe- like you can't be any more peak scumbag than that? Yes. And I was like, good girl, I'm Julia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, my dude, like, she's a nice girl. Like, what are you doing? Why are you such a Petri dish? Like, God. But this is, but this is so true, though, because if you think about it, his reasoning for staying with her was that he was with her before he had his money. Yeah. And that's safe to him because then he can go and fuck around with all these other girls who clearly only likes him for his money. Yes. But if he was to actually marry one of them, they would just be a gold digger. But you know that Julie is a good girl, small town girl, and she like won't fuck him over like that. And so he has the perfect excuse, the perfect alibi. I work in the city. I work long hours. Yeah. 
she knows nothing. Like what she doesn't know doesn't hurt her. And then here's also what irked me so hard when he pulls up in his sports car. That stupid car. With the, with the gull wing doors. And then you and then it wasn't just the stupid car. It was the fact that the music was like blasting when she got into the car. I'm like, you realize she just yacked because you know that that was coming. Yes. She probably has an immense headache. And here you are pulling up like a fucking douchebag with loud music in your car. And then on top of that, he goes, don't puke in the car. It'll take weeks. It'll smell, it'll smell bad for weeks. Like my dude, what? Like the poor girl like is drinking to get through this night. She said multiple times, and it's funny because the two of them, like both Robbie and Julia, say quite a few times that they 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 aren't big drinkers. And then it's like yes. in two peak scenes, we see both Robbie and Julia just get trashed because they're just trying to get through what is going to be a terrible time. So like this double date yes, is terrible. That's a very good. Julia's trying yeah, to get through very it good observation. because she's not happy that Holly is there with Robbie or that she has to be mm-hmm. there with Glenn. Um, and then like Robbie is getting, you know, wasted in the bar because he realizes that he's in love with Julia and Julia is getting married. Yes. Would you say that that was one of your favorite scenes? Cause I know you really like that old guy. I do love that guy. It's that's one of like my favorite scenes for that reason. I think it's just like, it, it's somehow both vulnerable but light. Adam Sandler has this very, like, fun way of making serious scenes very light. Like, even in uh, Fifty First Dates, he does it a few times. When he's going away to Antarctica and they're talking about, like, canceling the trip and everything, and Lucy overhears it. And then they, mm-hmm. have, uh, they have Dan Aykroyd as the, as the doctor, like, make that joke about walruses. And I was like, ah, yes. See, levity to a very heavy subject. <laughs> and it's sort of the same thing. So it's like they're having this very open conversation. Sammy's talking about, you know, wanting to be the Fonz and then realizing that their TV shows get canceled, right? Like it's not yeah. real life to be cool and 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 have all the girls because you end up lonely and he is lonely. Yeah. But then you have, you know, the old guy come up and be like, Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> like holding yeah. him. <laughs> and then he's like teaching him how to moonwalk in the bar. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like such a very like deep scene. And then like Robbie goes away to like tell Julia that he's in love with her and then sees her in this wedding dress looking so happy and turns right around because he can't he can't make her unhappy. Yeah, it's like many things in your classic rom-coms, a lot of things are predictable, right? Yes. But I can honestly say that I didn't see that scene coming. Really? Okay, you can kind of figure it out that when the mom goes downstairs to, to get her veil and she gets up from the bed, walks to the mirror that's just so happens to be right beside a giant fucking window, you're like, I, you know, like, you know, fucking Robbie's coming. Of course. And you're, you know that, like, like they're going to make eye contact and shit like that. And I was like, okay, this is it. This is going to be the scene where Robbie sees 
her super upset in this wedding dress, crying in the yeah. mirror, and then that's how he's going to get the girl. What I didn't expect was that she was in- introducing herself, practicing introducing herself in the mirror as Julia Gulia and Julia Gulia. Julia Gulia. That is my favorite takeaway of that whole movie. That was, <laughs> my yeah. name is Julia Gulia. <laughs> yeah, like and, and the thing is she I think I don't think that she realizes that that's going to be her name until that scene because she introduces herself as Mrs. Glenn, Glenn Gulia. Gulia. First, yes. And then she goes Julia Gulia and then she cries cuz it's a horrific so name. So bad. <laughs> And then, but then she goes and proceeds to introduce herself as Miss Robbie Hart. And then she is super happy. And you see that, hey, this sound, and you know what is weird is that if this is one of those moments where I'm like thinking, does everybody, like, do, do all girls do this? Because there's some things where girls do that you don't necessarily tell people about. But we do it. Like, I've done that before. Like, subconsciously, I've been like, if I'm dating a guy and it's getting serious, you know, like, and then we end up being together, after a while, I'll be like, if it is a viable possibility that we end up staying together, my, I'm going to take his last name and it better fucking sound good with my name. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Because, like, what if it doesn't sound good? Yeah, there is there is a show called Happy Endings that I love. And there's uh, – it, it got canceled a while back. But, like, there's literally an episode about this where, like, Penny, who is, like, one of the main characters, uh, goes on a blind date. She gets um, – she sees the guy and, like, ends up standing him up and then meets another guy at the bar whose name is Doug. And it's only when she – looks at his credit card. His name is like Douglas Hitler. <laughs> so she's like literally trying to like justify having that as a last name or dating someone with the last name Hitler. <laughs> so it is a thing. It's legit a thing. I thought like, I didn't know that we all did that. There's just some things that we all do. Like, we're just nonchalantly raise our hand up somehow, like we're fucking yawning or stretching, and then we go into the armpit for a quick sniff, you know, like just to make sure we're all Gucci there. (laughs) Like, I'm sure we've done shit. Like, I'm, I'm sure we've done the same shit. We just don't talk about we're it. We're all living we have too the same lives, Nikki. We're all living the same lives. I told you, we're all one big simulation, okay? Yeah. Don't feed my conspiracy brain. But going I'm back not going to this, to. Jesus. <laughs> but going back to this, I was like, okay, she's happy. She looks happy in the wedding dress. Robbie takes a double take and was like, I can't, I can't break her heart. Like I, yeah, I can't do that to her, you know. And then walks back to to the bar, to said bar. Yes. But then also, I realized that that was the first time when they had a glance of. Julia in the wedding dress because the entire time that they were at the wedding dress store, she didn't try on the wedding dress. Everybody else tried on a wedding dress, which I thought was hella weird. Yes. Is that a thing? Is that a thing? That like when you go and search for a wedding dress that everybody who comes along with you also tries on a wedding dress? 
Yo, if I was a sales associate, I would be cheesed. I'd be like, no, look at how many dresses I have to put back. No, I'm here for one oh, person, yeah. not eight of you. Jesus I'm like, Christ. wait, what? I got so <laughs> confused. But like she recycled that wedding dress. I was actually kind of upset. I was like at the very last scene where Robbie and her gets married, I was like, this better not be the same fucking deep V-neck cutout, short sleeve excuse for a wedding dress that she's going to recycle that she was going to wear with Glenn. But it is. Yeah, but it was also the 80s. Like, it's fashion, fashion for then. God, it was so ugly. Like, I'm glad to be born now. Not now. What the fuck? A born in the early 90s and be... Of ripe marrying age now. Stop this. I'm past my prime, actually. Like, if like in Asian standards, we're past our prime. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. We should have had, like, 10 kids by now. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a a given. Like, we we should be looking at, like, potentially, like, marrying off daughters at this point. Or selling them for goats. Yeah, one or the other. What is it with you and goats? Jesus Christ. (laughs) Because I'm the greatest of all time. (laughs) I set you up for that. I set you up for that. You totally did. You totally did. (laughs) No, but seriously, though, like our backs should be hurting now because we've carried 10 children. Yo, my backs hurt from like, you know, hard labor because like that's where we are right now. (laughs) That's our generation. That, yeah. My mom, on a daily basis, reminds me that I'm almost 30. It's been three years since she started that. She's like, you're almost 30. I'm like, mom, you've been saying that for the past three years, and yet I am not 30 yet. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm getting there. But it's okay, because guess what? 30 is the new 20, bro, and my eggs are good. 30 is the new 20, bro. (laughs) It is, though. Is it not? Yo, I I don't know. I told you I came out the womb like forty years old. Like I'm pushing eighty by now. Like this is where we are. <laughs> okay, there, freaking just dinosaur egg. I think wow. that we're. I, I think, I think that thirty's a new twenty. And honestly, my eggs are Gucci until like I'm forty. No, like I know that thirty five and older is like high risk pregnancy. But everything I do in my life is high risk. So I mean, yeah, you're just like forever living life on the edge. And like, I respect that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm here to support you. I mean, like, how do birds fly? They fly off from the edge of a building. And just pray they figure it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine if you were a bird having an existential crisis one day? And you were like on the ledge and you were like, is anything real? What happens if I just don't flap my wings today? Like, will I just plummet to my death? What if I forget? Did I just forget how to flap my wings? What happens if I just like flap my wings, but I don't tread air? What happens? Uh, my conspiracy brain tells me that back in like the 80s, 70s and 80s, there was an ex-CIA agent that came out and <laughs> said that they had a they had a protocol or whatever it is, project something, something, where they literally killed all the birds and all the birds that you see. Like they released some sort of fucking gas and it killed all the birds. And then all the birds now that you see are fucking robot decoys that are spying on you and you don't know because they're just birds. And so you don't really notice them. And so I was telling Mr. Pharmacist this while we went for a nice little walk the other day. And then- 
at the at the central park is is this park called Central Park where there's a little pond there and there's a mm-hmm. shit ton of ducks. <laughs> and then as I was saying this, all the ducks came walking up to us and then Mr. Pharmacist gripped my hand a little harder and I'm like, "Bro, uh, uh, uh. they know I know." Yo, I'm going to put you in touch with my pal Gopal. I've I've known Gopal for like half my life. Like I've known him for like almost 15 years at this point. Um, and he has a lot of theories about the FBI bird surveillance, uh, conspiracy. And I think you two, I think you two will, you know, take the internet by storm. Uh, anonymous watch out fucking conspiracy we got, coming We through. got Gopal and Nikki on the case. Dude, I'm just, I'm telling you, Matt, like all these TikTok videos, like Mr. Farmers is starting to get irritated because I'm like, where are you getting this information? I'm like, TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. And Mr. Pharmacist goes, do you really think that TikTok is a viable source of information? And I'm like, bro, they interviewed an ex-CIA agent. And then he's like, it could have been an actor. I'm like, no, <laughs> why would you? Why would you put your life at risk and say you're an ex-CIA? I wouldn't fucking go out there and be like, yo, guys, I'm an ex-KGB agent. Like oh my god, Nikki, living the double stop. life. I'm living the double life. <laughs> oh my god, stop. Like I married some guy with a last name Mai, so my my name is Nikki Sumai. Like how would stop. you know? Like fucking how would you know? That would be I'm hilarious. the dim sum of your fucking nightmares. I was th- I'm the dim sum. <laughs> to name this crafts as cinema because I would have named this the dim sum of your nightmare. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. <laughs> Jesus, that was a good Why one. Why did you give me the perfect title name <laughs> on an episode where we don't have title? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, I can't control it, man. Sometimes my genius only shows in like times of twilight i don't know stop it no uh, most of the episode names that i pull are are mainly things that you've said <laughs> because i say some stupid shit it's wonderful i'm uneducated <laughs> you are not shut up you're so witty oh my god <laughs> dim sum of your nightmare <laughs> yeah man fucking i gotta Sumai. sound <laughs> i gotta sound I gotta sound intimidating if I'm a KGB agent, right? <laughs> sure, yeah. I'm gonna. I don't uh, know how to do a Russian accent to save my d- fucking life. It's okay. It's fine. I'll put you in touch with Gopal. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. Back to this movie, though. Yes. Back oh to my this god. Movie. Jesus Christ. Can we talk yes. about the limo obstacle course? Like the that limo was obstacle. <laughs> probably one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> Those could have been guests at our weddings. They were cones. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, Julia goes like, of course I'm going to hire your brother like, or your friend, Sammy, because like, he's the only limo driver in town. I'm like, how small is this fucking town? I mean, listen, he's an entrepreneur. He's trying. It's it's when he's driving and like the hubcap falls off and oh, like God. rolls away and then he shoves the mannequins. Yeah. Oh, wait, like, I was like, wait, why can't they get in by themselves? <laughs> 
That was too good. It was it, too good. Visually, it's stunning. It's a perfect moment. And then it's right then after that. And that's this is like the the levity that I was talking about. It's like that crazy insane scene happens and then he it's evening they've dropped julia home um sammy goes i got the job right and uh, he goes yeah Yeah. of course you got the job this is the date and then uh, sammy looks back and julia's uh jacket's in the car yeah and then robbie knows the exact moment when she took that jacket off and exactly what she said Yes. Exactly what she's like. It's not jacket weather. It's not jacket weather anymore. Jacket temperature anymore. Yeah. In the afternoon or whatever the fuck it was. And I'm like, dude, if I could remember that like specific detail for everything in in my life, like I'd fucking be like Bill Nye the science guy. (laughs) I can't remember Bill Nye the science guy. It wasn't like Elon Musk or like you know, Bill Gates. It was Bill Nye the science guy. (laughs) You know why? You know why though? Because Bill Nye the science guy literally just taught me how to tie my shoes last night on TikTok. Of course he did. Yeah. Bill Nye the science guy is amazing. I want him to adopt me. I want to somehow be related to me. I would pick him over Bill Gates and Elon Musk. Let me just say Elon Musk is... Straight up fucking weirdo. Yeah, I know I drive your car, bud, but like you're, yeah, you're setting that kid up for a fucking failure. Like no one's gonna be able to pronounce his fucking name in school. That kid hatched so. out of an egg. Like I'm convinced that like Grimes had to sit on top of the egg like a like a chicken, and then just like wait for it to hatch. Can we also say like that his wife is fucking weird? I don't know. Grimes what is, is super she? weird. What is she? Is she a, like is she an actress? Is she a singer? She's like, a singer. I don't know. She's, like, Canadian, too, which is super funny. No way. Yuck. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we claim her. It's, like, how we stop claiming Justin Bieber. Oh, we never claimed Justin Bieber. The minute he, like, No, we did. Uh, The minute he hit puberty and he, like, wasn't cute anymore, we were like, no, y'all can have him. I know, exactly. But we did claim him up to the point where, like, he stopped wearing purple hoodies and that purple hat. Exactly. And white jeans. The minute he stopped affiliating himself with Ludacris, we were like, we were out. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I don't think we claim this person that Elon Musk calls a wife. But also, Bill Gates is cool, man. Bill Gates is like the uncle that. Like he's that out there trying to solve you malaria. You know, he's just trying. Uh, this mofo fucking goes and creates a toilet that burns. The feces of you and everyone else, and 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 pee and stuff, and tr- and tr- and translates it into fucking electricity. Of course he does. See, here's the thing, though, that majority of children in your so-called third world countries uh, or underdeveloped countries, they are dying still from like you know malaria and diarrhea mm-hmm. because of sanitary issues. And then he's like, well. Put in some, you know, pipes, plumbing. Let's put in some plumbing, make it sanitary. Because then, unless you do that, you have children who go out and like will drink poo poo water, and they're gonna get diarrhea. And then, here's the sad scene of the mom 
just like parents holding their child who just is literally dying from di- how sad is it to die from diarrhea how how is that even how is that even a way of death like i don't understand that you you just like are dehydrated until like you know you're a raisin and then your body shuts down that's fucking nuts it's absolutely yeah. insane but like hats off to uncle bill gates there uncle bill gates got us man exactly but Bill Nye is like, he's like funny. He's yeah. like, I need some humor. I don't know if Bill Gates can crack a joke, but Bill Nye, the science guy, can definitely crack a joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's the reason I I, I had some semblance of interest in science when I was a kid. I was like, God bless him. You know? Thanks for educating I know. me. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you wish that Gen Z kids, Gen Z kids have somebody like that now, you know? I feel like they do. I, they have Elon Musk. Yeah, but he's fucking weird. I know, but you know what? At least he does like science and math and stuff. He's like a he's like a he's like a weirdo engineer. He's like a caricature of an engineer. I guess. I mean, yeah. like you get what you get. You know what? It's culturally appropriate. Do you think so? Those kids are a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Those kids are like they're interesting now. I was like, yeah, you know what? This is like this is like the Bill Nye for you. I guess so. I guess yeah. so. Whatever. We had it good. Like the when when see, this is when you know you're getting you're getting old like wow. mentally and and emotionally, not not yet so physically. But when you're like the good old days, the good old days of like fucking when you turn on the TV and it's like hitless. And there's like Bill oh Nye the Science God. Guy. Hit list and Bill Nye the Science Guy. <laughs> Yo, man, Roly Poly, fucking Bearstein Bears on the TV. Shit, Yo. that was like okay. Shameless plug. This dude, Eric Bowser, he he does the voice of like uh like Bugs Bunny, and he's like he's just like a legitimately good dude. He's a Toronto boy. He's out of East End, Toronto. He now lives in LA. He's part of the co-founder of this this clothing group called RetroKid. Um, you can find them on Instagram at RetroKid underscore TO. And they just announced a collaboration with, like, CBC. Uh, so they're doing some, like, uh, Mr. Dressup stuff that I'm super excited about. Because, you know, Mr. Dressup was, like, our Mr. Rogers in Canada. Who the fuck is Mr. Dressup? Oh, my God, Nikki. Did you not have a childhood? What? That that must have been a Toronto. Th- I have what? Oh my! Uh, th- uh, uh, okay, Chris uh, is having an aneurysm. Guys, stand by. Just just stand by. <laughs> okay, we're okay? gonna take the, we're gonna take this off air. I I'm legitimately no. You know what? We're gonna deal with this. We're gonna deal with this afterwards. We're gonna de- we're uh, we're gonna deal with this afterwards. I broke. <laughs> Uh, back to this movie um <laughs> oh my god i am flabbergasted right now okay okay no 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 no, 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 no. we're not gonna talk about this now we're gonna talk about this afterwards anyways okay. Okay. anyways oh my god um rosie let's talk about rosie <laughs> Let's talk about Rosie. Let's talk Rosie who pays meatballs. Like, dude. Yes, she is the sweetest, loveliest little old lady. She needs singing lessons to sing for her 50th wedding anniversary because she's a little angel sweetheart, even though her mouth is filthy. 
filthy. Oh, that was funny. My God, I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" That was like two hundred. That would be like two hundred now. I was like, "Oh my God, what?" Yes, <laughs> I I slept with eight boys before I got married. <laughs> I'm like, that was a shit, lot, man. Bad. She a player. I know. Oh my god! And then it's like she pays in meatballs, and then when she doesn't have Tupperware, she's like, "Hold out your hands." <laughs> like, I know a meatball I know, in right? I uh, like wait a second, and then she goes in and then holds his hand oh to my say thank you. God, I mean, God bless her. She's just like a sweet angel. I yeah. When she's like rapping at the end, oh man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I looked it up and it was legit her rapping. Yeah. She's also featured on the yeah. soundtrack too. She's like the only other I think like singer that's like featured and I think she's featured as like rapping grandma. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, she's really cool. I was really sad to read that she actually passed away in, like, 2015, though. Or was it 16? Something like that. But, like, she she was, I mean, like, already up there in, like, 1998 when right? she the movie. Holy shit. I was, like, 1998, like, and she already looked hella old, so. Oh, man. She's, like, the sweetest, though. Like, when she's singing to her husband at the, um, at the engagement, Aww. I was like, oh, baby. <laughs> Yeah. So cute. And then uh, that's when she, she like, no, she's, like, been in – there's, like, several montages where she's there with Robbie and Julia. And, like, she's there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of in the background, like, watching the two of them. So when Robbie's, like, yes. I got to go and take care of something, she's, like, go get her. Like, yes. <laughs> so cute. That was very nice. And then how – can we just talk about like how she knew that Robbie's older sister's husband enjoys nipple twisting? Like that was something that I did not foresee coming at all. Oh man. It you know what? I only caught it like recently cuz it's such a throwaway line when like Julia goes to see her to drop off that gift mm-hmm. for Robbie. And then she's like, mm-hmm. well, no, he went to go get a real job because he doesn't want to be living in his sister's house forever with all the nipple twisting that goes on there. And it was yes. only that I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it's a direct correlation to the conversation that, like, Robbie has with his brother-in-law when they're yes. going up for date night. I was like, oh, my God. And then the funny part is that he goes, I don't know where I was. I don't know where I was going with that. I was supposed to say something. I said something. And then he just goes. And then he and I'm just, just goes. Like, what was what was the point of that conversation? Like I think he was trying to cheer him up after <laughs> Linda left. Yes. But like I don't This is I like his see. sad attempt at doing that. Yeah. And then can we talk about Linda for a moment? Okay, Linda's hot. Okay, I gotta say, Linda's hot, but she's a bitch though. Literally, as that kid said, Linda. You're a bitch. Like. <laughs> yes. Those kids, though. <laughs> Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Freddy Krueger. Go back to the boiler room. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Yeah, but Linda sucks. Like, she shows up while he's drunk, like, still heartbroken over Julia. Like, pretty much 
sort of like invites herself back into his life without, you know, consulting with him in a in a sane state and thinks everything's going to be fine. It was like, dude, you left him on the day of your wedding. And then you have the nerve to be like, oh, is this because of that whole wedding thing? I was like, you mean your wedding thing? Are you kidding me? It. I would have been livid. I would have been, yeah, I would have done the same shit. I would have thrown her out. Yeah. Without her shoes on. Oh, man. I was crying laughing. Like, when she has to, like, walk out barefoot, I was like, good luck with that, hon. <laughs> yeah. Now take off my Van Halen shirt before you break before you break up the band. It's like – Yeah, before you jinx it and break up the band. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, can we give him a point for passive aggressiveness? I love it. And it's, it's that same thing, right? Like, he's always on – the brink of like losing it completely like he's just always like on low simmer before he like blows up Mm -hmm. yeah and then Mm -hmm. it's like he goes to the engagement party and then holly shows up and it's like hey just just so you know like julia thinks that you're getting back together with linda and she's gone to marry uh glenn in vegas like they're getting on a plane now Mm -hmm. but like let's just break down that last scene because like it's honestly like the perfect set of events like it's it's far too perfect like we all knew it was gonna happen because you know it's a rom-com so like Mm -hmm. it had to be wrapped up in the third act but like every single part of it is perfect so like sammy giving him the credit card the guy being like a flock of seagulls fan because he has like the flock of seagulls hair (laughs) (laughs) i can see you are Buddy, I was I was wondering what that hairstyle was. Like, was that an 80s thing no, too? Was or was that guy called, just straight up weird? No, there's a band called well, yeah, there's a band called Flock of Seagulls. They had a song called I Ran. And the guy who's in the band who's singing the song has that hairdo and like a red oversized ill-fitting shirt, like singing with that hair. So that's why when he's like, are you Flock of Seagulls fan? And he goes, I can see you are because he has the same hairstyle that that dude in the video does. Did you just say that the song name was I Ran? Yeah, like I ran so far away. Not like I ran like, because like, then, the, like the country. Well, no, because like then Robbie runs to the fucking plane. Well, there you go. There's just another layer to that. Well, that, whoa. Boom. Whoa. <laughs> yes. But can we also talk about the scene on the airplane oh where it's just like God. the cinematography of it where it, they made it look like they were two on two separate, separate planes. flights. Because every time, every time you see Robbie in a scene and then you see Julia right before that in between, there is the, there is the, 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 the plane yeah, flying across the screen. Exactly. So you think that they're on two separate planes until you realize that they're on the same flight because the flight attendant comes in. But also backtracking just a smidgen when the flight, the other flight attendant comes by and hands Robbie a hot towel and he goes and puts it on like a bib. And I'm like, I wasn't expecting that. Like that, like, I guess for someone who is first time sitting in first class, like, but how is that, how does that logically coincide that you would put a hot towel as a bib. I mean, maybe he thought that they were going to be serving something messy and, like, the towel was to, like, you know, lift any stains out of his shirt. Who knows? But it's just, like, how out of place he is. And he's so excited when, like, 
they bring the champagne over to him and he goes what oh, it's, and free? it's free yeah uh and then like billy oh, yeah. idol is literally sitting like the next aisle over like drinking out of a bottle of champagne <laughs> And then you have the nosy white lady that goes like, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. And she's literally knitting. Like, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like. Bitch, that gonna be us. We talked about this. We're gonna open Stitch and Bitch Knit Shop. Yes. (laughs) Literally. Like, it's gonna be wonderful. It's gonna be great. It is gonna be fantastic. But then. Yeah, I feel like Billy Idol going through the PA system going like, because in first class, we literally let our passengers do anything. like (laughs) whatever they want. (laughs) And then, like, the Mm -hmm. sweetest song. Like, there's something about Adam Sandler playing a guitar that just, like, warms, like, the cockles of my heart. He's always just so sincere and so lovely. And I don't know, it's just like, he does it, I think he does it in every movie where... I don't know. I haven't actually seen the third one that he did with um, Drew Barrymore, but like he sings to her and it's always so sweet. And that last song just like warms my heart. I, I was going to ask you, that was like probably the first question I was going to ask right as the movie started in that terribly long sequence of showing the names in an eighties font with the sparkles that I was going to ask you, is that actually him singing? Yeah. That is actually him singing? Yeah. Adam Sandler was like a really good singer. Like he's great. Who would have known? Yeah. That's like and on SNL, he would play often. So it, it sort of made sense. Like we all sort of knew that he was good at singing, but I, this is where it was like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's good. He's great. And especially when he sings that song. Oh my God. Can we talk about the song that he that I want to grow old with you. Yes, so that one. But let's talk about the other song that he wrote for Linda before and after the break. <laughs> Fuck me. I I was ex- I was like, you know, I got to prep myself cuz I knew it. Like I knew that it was going to be nice and sweet in the beginning <laughs> and then he's going to go on fu- like I was like I and then he's going to go full metal. Like I knew it. Like he I don't know cuz he saying that, he yeah, he's like I was it. listening to the Cure a lot. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know who the cure is. Oh so my I'm god, just that's like, right. I'm okay. Just imagine that it's a he- heavy metal. But did you just freeze on me? Or are you like, are you okay? No, no. I, uh, you know what? I just realized that the cure might not be like crazy big knowledge. So that's fine. Okay. But like, yeah, it's like very moody. Uh, it's very moody. Let's just say. So it like completely made sense hearing the bottom half of the song. I mean, he literally sings, like, put a bullet in my head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was, like, I'm imagining a, like, heavy metal death band as he was singing that. And then the, like, that was a good song. I have to say that was a good song, well written. And then, but then you have, like, the other guy that was auditioning to play at Julia's Wedding going, like, John Lovitz playing that character is just like he always plays a scummy character in every Adam Sandler. Really? Okay, because he's like, oh, he's gone insane. Like, I'm going to make money so much more money now. Like, I'm going to benefit from this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fun fact: In Little Nicky, he actually opens the movie um, by like climbing up a tree and like peeping into this woman's like house. 
And then he like falls to his death and then he ends up in hell. Like that's how little Nicky opens. So he always plays like a scummy character Hmm. in Adam Sandler movies. So I was like, yeah, this is on brand. Okay. And then, well, here's the thing though. Also, I didn't know that wedding singer, wedding singers was an occupation before DJs took over at weddings. Yeah. You can still hire like, you know, bands to play your wedding and stuff. It's sort of like the same idea. I would love that. If I ever had nice. If I ever had someone sick in the head enough to marry me, I'd be like, <laughs> yo, we're getting a band. Fuck the DJ noise. Like, let's get a band. Yeah, like you can get a cover band that'll just play like wedding staples and do it live. That'd be perfect. Fucking I'll have Michael Bublé if he's available. Michael Bublé. <laughs> Honey, we are getting into like Christmas, Christmas, I can't even say, Christmas season. You're so excited, so excited for Michael Bublé that you can't even speak. I'm so excited for Michael Bublé. I just wanted dyslexic. Hi. Jesus. Yeah, Michael Bublé season is upon us. I have literally every single one of his CDs. <laughs> and um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I like to collect physical things. Like I don't know what it is, but I like physical things of things that I, I, I like. That. So so basically like I, 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 I wanted – I like the concept of having a Kindle and being able to read, being able to hold it in one hand and just read it and not flip the pages or like or like had to strain my thumb to open – like hold the book open. But there's just something about physically flipping pages and then having like, you know, just the just the 0.01% yeah. chance that you might get a paper cut. You know what I mean? I get that. I get that. Yeah. I, I say as I look at two very full bookcases. So, yes, I yeah, understand. Yeah. And also, <laughs> and that goes with like, yeah, CDs. Fucking, we come from the age of CDs and tapes and shit like that. So, like, I I like my CD collection, which is not a very big one. I have like Michael Bublé CDs and then like the first Iron Man movie DVD. Nice. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. So, anywho's going back. What were we saying? <laughs> we were talking about wedding singers and hiring Michael B- Bublé at your oh, wedding. Oh, yes. Yes. Michael Bublé. Nice. Nice. Anywho's, Chris, we should probably wrap this up. Is there anything else that we missed? Let me think here. We talked about that. We talked about the the two songs. No, I think – oh, we were about to like sort of talk a little bit about, about Grow Old With You. Oh, yes. At the end. How was that airplane scene for you? Oh, man. It's just like, it's a perfect little wrap up. Billy Idol is like ready to like fight Glenn Gulia and like some Billy Idol fans like show oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to stop him. Yeah. And it's like just this perfect little moment where he like, he wins her with a song, you know? And then it's like, he promises at the very beginning that he'll sing at her wedding. And it was like, the song is how he ends up getting her in the end. But then Steve Buscemi sings at their wedding. Which is so funny. I love that. I I, um, I didn't see that. That was like full circle right there. Yeah, because you know what? He was like, I'm a self-taught guitar player. And look, now at this point, he's playing the guitar in a band. I'm yeah. like, good for you, Steve Buscemi. You are somebody. Your dad would be proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Very true. 
Yeah, but it's just like it's such a perfect little ending. Like he pretty much gets all of first class on board with him. Yeah. He's just such a good guy that everybody wants to help him. Mm-hmm. And like everybody realizes that pretty much he's doing this to save her from like this terrible relationship as well. So it's it's this very like heartwarming moment when it cuts to them actually getting married. Mm-hmm. And yes, Steve Buscemi is singing at their wedding, but it's like the perfect little end. Like it's it's great. It's such a great movie. I love this movie. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of the better rom-coms that I've watched for sure. I'm so excited that you finally watched this. I was like, we have to do it after watching 50 First Dates. Like, uh-huh. you got to see where it all started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think one of your friends had a recommendation for the next Crabs yes. in Cinema. Um, we're going to take a break from Adam Sandler, I think, because we just did two in a row. But he, our wonderful uh, listener, Eric, who's in your parts, Nikki, he's in Vancouver. Oh. Yes. Eric recommended that we do Punch Drunk Love, which is a great movie. He considers it to be like one of the best rom-coms that he's seen. And it is a great movie. But I think we should probably take a break from all of the Adam Sandler because he is also the star in that movie. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know <laughs> Yes. That. So I think uh, we were looking at maybe doing Legally Blonde next. Uh, yes, we were going to do that. Yes. Uh, we'll probably do Legally Blonde. Maybe uh, after that, we'll do Punch Drunk Love. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Well, with Excellent. that, we will lead into the rating portion of this show. And Chris, this movie was one of your... One of your favorites. Oh, yeah. One of your favorites. And um, again, it is set in a time uh, back when things might have not been necessarily PC. And yeah. Uh, so we always have that issue with Adam Sandler movies, especially like, I don't know, the, these ones. I don't know. I haven't watched any modern day ones of as of late. So I can't necessarily pull that out of my my head and talk about but with this I think even like setting that aside for a moment the cinematography of this Mm -hmm. well done in the sense that the the cars oh the cars the cars were great oh yeah set in the perfect uh set in the right um time era we have uh like you mentioned great great costuming but uh, Mm -hmm. overall too I think it was it was filmed very like in a way where it was very easy to follow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing like crazy done in terms of cinematography, nothing really like groundbreaking, but like the overall look of the movie is absolutely perfect. It's peak eighties. Like it is the hair, it's the makeup, it's the music. It's, it's everything eighties. Like it's a love letter to 1985. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, we also, you know, did Crazy Rich Asians, which is, you know, it looks so opulent and beautiful. Mm-hmm. So compared on that scale, I think we've settled at like a 6.5. Agreed, like, yes. Super clear, super wonderful um, in terms of the era. But, you know, nothing crazy, nothing yeah. super insane about it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And casting – it's probably the same as Fifty First Days. I think, like, tell me, like, okay, wait, Adam Sandler's Jewish, right? 
He is. Okay, good. Because I'm like, bro sang at a bar mitzvah. I don't know if that song was legit, but I mean. It probably was. He did a song on SNL called like the Hanukkah song that like he became very well known for. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's pretty Jewish. Okay. (laughs) But casting, I think it was like we mentioned, he likes to recycle a bunch of these like uh, bench warmer characters and yes and like again we've got 80s charlie puth with a mustache we've got (laughs) uh, we've got like the uh, we have george and then we also have his what was it his sister i like his sister too his sister was nice i like his sister was so funny she was only there for like what two scenes but she was nice yeah about that yeah 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 uh, but otherwise, like, I think it was casted perfectly. Like, there's no one that I would change for for this movie and for the time and for the story of it. I think I think it's it's bang on. Like, I would I eight out of ten for okay. sure. Yep, eight out of ten for sure. I would have changed again the waitress at the club to probably like I don't know Nicki Minaj or Ciara. Wow, if she's still relevant or something. <laughs> yeah. Very fair. Yeah, or J-Lo. Come on. No. God. J-Lo makes me mad. What? Why? I was like, you can't sing. Like, I don't understand why you're marketing yourself as a singer. Like, you can't. But, like, you dance really well. So, like, just stick with that. Like, just do what you're good at. I never really listened to her as a singer. I think I've only ever watched her as an actress. Yeah, she's not great as an actress either. Like Selena was like the be- like the biggest thing for her, and that was just because like she looked like Selena. Mm. Yeah, I think I watched it in like what was it called, like the Wedding Planner or something. The or Wedding was Planner, it like the like, Maid in Manhattan? Was that her too? They're pretty much the same movie. Yeah. Okay, something like that. Anywho, we will not be doing either of those on Cramps and Cinema. <laughs> so don't ask. Okay, casting eight out of ten. Let's move on to the musical soundtrack. I think that this one, like this one, did very well in comparison to Yo, fi- a Fifty First Days because I, I didn't notice. Say, I want to do ten out of ten for this one. Like, let me be real with you. Every song was peak eighties. Yeah, every single song. Yeah, yeah, every single one, and all of the references. Like the the cook is wearing uh, a, a Frankie goes to Hollywood Relax. shirt that says Frank. Yes, I was like, oh my god! Like, can you get any more eighties than that shirt? Like that is peak eighties icon. Flock of seagulls hair and flock of seagulls reference. White wedding and Billy Idol. The Cure reference, every single reference is peak 80s. Like, it, it's perfect through and through. There is not one thing besides Adam Sandler singing a very sweet song at the end that would be anything other than 80s. What about that random ass song that Samuel was playing in the limo as he was driving over to cheer Robbie up? Oh, Pass the Duchy? That is also a very peak 80s song. Very 80s. Okay, and uh, me being me <laughs> and uncultured, I didn't know most of those songs. So other than that, like, it's a 9 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, we'll meet in the middle on that. I mean, it's it's so perfect. It's so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Soundtrack was amazing. God, it's so good. Uh, level of sappiness? I, it was pretty sappy. It was pretty sappy. I know we, I know we put down 5 for this one, but I kind of want to bump it up to 6. Or even a 6.5 because I think it was pretty sappy to do not think so. Like I think the, the chemistry 
like we can't it's undeniable the chemistry between adam sandler and drew barrymore even though drew barrymore plays the exact same character in in both (laughs) movies same as adam sandler i think that the chemistry there is very well played and it's and it's like a genuine friendship off screen that translates very well and it's very easy to go from like a friendship to a romance you know in terms of the aspects of like how they how they talk to each other how they look at each other so i think level of happiness we can bump this up like we can bump this up from a five probably to like a six even okay I'll do a 6.5. I'll, I'll, I'll meet you there. Okay, 6.5. Yeah, let's say 6.5. I mean, I think in terms of, like, the other movies that we've seen, like, they don't get together until the very end. You know what I mean? Again, it's like a, a slow Stockholm Syndrome mm. effect that happens. So it's not very sappy. It's like they do a lot of things together. It's like they help plan her wedding. Mm-hmm. It's, like, very sweet. But there's no, you know, there's no... There's no romance to it. It's just like, it's kind of sweet. It's kind of nice. Mm -hmm. And then when they finally figure it out in like the end of the second act into the third, then it becomes pretty sappy. So you know what? Yeah, I'll meet you there for that 6.5. Nice, nice. Okay. Uh, On the opposite side of the spectrum though, tearjerker level, I think I shed like one probably not even a tear it was kind of like a welding up of like a little bit in my eyes where I kind of glossed over and I can't exactly remember which moment that was oh it might have been the moment where he walks back to the bar oh yeah it might have been that moment but other than that it wasn't too sad it wasn't too too much of a tearjerker for me definitely it wasn't a tearjerker like I do get like a little bit of like a swelling in my chest when he sings that song to her Mm. and she just looks so happy after looking so miserable the entire time. Mm -hmm. It's like the first real bit of like happiness that you can sense in her. After being shoved by the fucking drink cart, like that was... Oh my God. And it's like Glenn like looking so like happy out the window. I'm like, you jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Just a terrible human being. Don't be, don't be Glenn Gulia. Glenn Gulia. <laughs> don't pull a Glenn Gulia. Don't be, don't be Gulia, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna make that a thing now. Yes, hashtag Gulia. Hashtag Gulia. <laughs> uh, Nikki, what would you give this overall? I think overall it was a solid seven. Do you not think so? It was like a yeah, because it's for the time period and like again, like watching it in fucking apocalyptic 2020 i mean not everything's pc in this it didn't really age that well but it Mm -hmm. is it gives you all the elements of a classic rom-com yeah yeah definitely it's it's got it's got just the right amount of like romance to it it's got a really good story to it the characters are super lovable yeah i would agree with the seven it's still to me probably my favorite rom-com in terms of adam sandler land Mm, okay Fair enough, fair enough. And Chris, yeah. so how would we be rating this in terms of sweets? Okay, we we collaborated a little bit with this. It's going to take a little bit of definition here, so you're going to have to bear with yes. me, okay? So first, we're giving it a Coffee Crisp bar. For all of our American friends, it is a coffee-flavored wafer bar covered in chocolate that you get in Canada. It's made uh, by Nestle Canada for Canadians and they're delicious. So if you know a Canadian, get them to get you one. They're wonderful. And uh, a thick strawberry milkshake from a diner, a la the 80s, 
with like the vinyl teal blue seats and like the black and white tiled floor that you would find at Zeller's. Again, for our American listeners, that was pretty much what Target was before like you decided to bring Target to Canada and ruin everything because Zeller's was an amazing legacy and we don't have that anymore. But we're still nostalgic about it. Why did we give it this? Because it's sweet, but it has like a little bit of bite to it, just like Robbie very sweet but he had a little bit of fight in him and of course a milkshake because nostalgia with two straws because that's how you do it a coffee crisp bar and a thick strawberry milkshake from an 80s diner yes you can't get any more 80s than this you can't get any more 80s than that no but coming up with this though (laughs) like i i was reaching to the depths of my brain and i'm like chris (laughs) I want a strawberry milkshake, but like, remember fucking Zellers and they had Zellers teal green vinyl seats with the black and white tiles. Like you, you couldn't miss it. Zellers. It was a thing. Yeah. That was back when like Mickey D's used to sell pizza. Dude. When remember when Mickey D's used to sell potato wedges? Yo. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. And can we talk about how Mickey D's Monopoly used to be, like, way better than it is now? Yeah, you used to actually, like, win stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you would get, like, literally how many, like, free things of fries I, like, won in my youth. Yo, I should have been, like, a circle. Like, I ate so many fries. I, I have to say McDonald's probably still has the best fries, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, for sure. They have the best fries, but Harvey's has the best burgers. Okay, okay. Well, I can only eat, like, yeah. one burger now, so... Oh, this is true. The next time you're here, I'm going to bring you to Burgers Priest because they do like veg burgers now. Oh, nice. You can get like, yeah, you can sub it for Impossible Burger now. Oh, nice. Well, then. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Crabs and Cinema. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with another episode. But email us your questions because we like to hear from you. Uh, you can reach us at edit2realpodcast at gmail.com or at edit2real on the hipstagram or the Twitter. Yeah, we want to hear from you. So ask us all the questions. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you in the next. Stay real. Stay real.